Welcome, I'm Mitch Reynolds. This is Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Thanks for joining us here uh, this afternoon and this evening and this hour. Brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Uh, if you would like to join us here on the air, it's the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line. The Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line. Call in or text in either way you get in on the program just by using the number 608-785-7914, 785-7914. Also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can send me an email, Mitch at 1410wizem.com. But again, the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line, 608-785-7914. If we aren't now, we'll soon be on Facebook Live. Uh, lacrosse. Assistant Police Chief Rob Abraham, you'll notice if you're watching on Facebook Live, is in the studio. He stops by once a month. We talk about uh, everything. Yeah, we talk about some things. Yeah, yeah, some police issues and things. I appreciate you coming in. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Last time I saw you, we were at uh, National Night Out uh, events in Lacrosse. Um, those events, do you get people that are interested? Do you people? Do you talk to people who are interested in, in creating new? partnerships or new neighborhood watches and things like that a lot of those events are established neighborhoods yeah, yeah. that have been around for a while you know some of them come some of them go it depends on the level of i think interest sometimes the level of what's happened in the neighborhood lately it depends on what kind of interest there is but there's still a bunch of solid uh, neighborhood associations and um yeah, yeah. they're really good events um met a lot of people heard a lot of good things sometimes we get a lot of uh you know what's going on over here, or can you look at this? So we get a lot of good exchanging of information, and that's really what that night is about. It's about the police and the community. How essential are those neighborhood groups still yet? Are they, I mean, are they that important? Yeah, they are, because, you know, knowing your neighbors and and watching out for your neighbors and having that set of eyes is very important. You know, we can't be everywhere at once. You don't want police officers everywhere at once. You couldn't afford that, and certainly I wouldn't want to live in a complete police state. Um, so it's important to look out for each other, to kind of police uh, your neighborhood, and then when something's wrong, call us to come and take care of it. Mm. Okay. I, I just, I, I'm, when I think about these events and I think about the neighborhoods that I've been in over the years that have had these events, and one of the biggest, um, the, the one that seems to draw Yearly, the most people is the one that's held at Viterbo, that mm-hmm. that area there. Uh, and I wonder how, over time, those, the people in that neighborhood, because there's a lot of turnover, obviously, in the neighborhoods uh, around Viterbo, uh, over time, does that that kind of sense of neighborhood, does that continue? Does that exist over, over a long period of time? Do they feel like, yeah, we really belong here? Or is that because there is so much turnover in that neighborhood, they don't ever really feel that way? There's some, yeah, that's a good question. There's some anchors in that neighborhood. I call sure. them anchor, anchor um, you know, neighbors, people who are there for the long term, who've been there for a long time. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we did some tours with the mayor and the fire department and other city mm-hmm. departments and the neighborhood revitalization committee. And, and actually walking in those neighborhoods, there's still a lot of nice uh, and positive things going on in those neighborhoods. Sometimes they get a bad rap, um, but really when you look at, at the housing stock and, and some of the, you know, the housing in that area, what it could be and, and some of them what they are, it's it's still an area that, that can be a very positive aspect to the city. When you yourself, um, because you've been going to these things, you know, for years, obviously, uh, in your interactions with people in these neighborhoods, how significantly has it changed over the last few years? just in some of the neighborhoods with the neighborhood resource officers or has it at all? What, what has been your perspective on that? 
The neighborhood resource officers add a whole new dimension, you know, because these these neighborhood associations really get to know those NROs, yeah. uh, and and they're on you know, a first name basis, they know how to get in contact with the NRO. It's, it's almost like their officer uh, and kind of they take ownership of that officer and those officers take ownership of their assigned areas. And that's the nice thing about the NRO program. They're, they're not, we call them tethered to the radio. They still are police officers. They yeah. still can do all those things. And we sometimes rely on them to do that, but we don't use them as primary um, response units. We try to use them as secondary units, but, and keep them focused on working with neighborhoods, identifying problems, and helping solve problems in those neighborhoods. So it gives them a little more time instead of just coming, throwing a Band-Aid on something, and running to the next call. They can actually uh, you know, do some triage work and, and try to solve that problem so we're not constantly getting called to it. Fourth year or fifth year of NROs? Where are we at now? I can't even remember now. Has it been? Cause we... It's It's got to be going four or five. on, yeah. on so, five, I'm yeah. thinking. Okay. Yeah. All right. Has it has have we gotten past the point where where the community just your viewpoint does it, are we gotten past the point where the community looks at that as just I don't know soft policing for lack of a better term No, um, the NROs are far from soft policing. You know, sure. when you look at but we've stuff, heard that perception is what right. I'm saying is that there has been that yeah um, you know there there is this idea that community policing is is soft on crime and yeah. that's really not true what community policing is about is identifying problems working with the community to identify those problems and sometimes being tough making arrests making lots of stops mm-hmm. that is a, is sometimes about community policing sometimes it's it's not about it sometimes it is going to a park and and building relationships with kids and building relationships with businesses and things of that nature. So it's this big aspect, but certainly community policing and the NROs are not soft on crime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking of, um, Rick, that was you the other day, right? That you came across the, the guy throwing the football with, with somebody. Was that, where was that? Yeah. At the Y. At the Y. Okay. A couple guys. Yep. Okay. That would have been, I don't know which, which neighborhood is that? That likely would have been maybe Officer Ulrich in Rockwell. Rockwell, okay. Yeah. Um, that kind of interaction. How? Tell us why that's kind of why that's valuable. Having interaction with kids like that on that level. Well, it builds foundational relationships. You know, instead of the stories that kids hear and and kind of the negative interactions that can happen, it balances it. It also builds relationships to where it's builds trust you know if if some of these kids you know either at the boys and girls club or, or come from uh you know less advantaged households sure. have positive interactions with with law enforcement if the police get called there or in that neighborhood they've already established kind of that laid that groundwork to where um, they know and they and they don't have to fear um and that maybe they will respond better i was at i'll share this with you i was at a quick trip on cast street um I don't know, a week, two weeks ago, something like that. And I was watching this interaction with one of the officers and I don't remember who it is off the top of my head, but um, I'm, I'm just watching this entire interaction that he's having with these kids who are at Quick Trip. And, and it's, it's, there is, there's some seriousness in there because he's, I feel like he's trying to get down to the bottom of something, but there's also a lot of playfulness there as well. And there's a lot of very direct communication with, a child that, frankly, is, I'm looking at a 9 or 10-year-old who's a little bit hostile, you know? So it's, I would imagine that you have to walk a, a, a fine line a, a lot of the times within those interactions. It's tough, especially, the, the, you know, the younger the child. And, and yeah. sometimes you see, you know, 
not just me, but you know, you see out in public sometimes the way kids act. And I think it, it has to do a lot with just the way the world is today and, you know, and how kids think they can get away with some of this business that they, they try to get away with. <laughs> they do, yeah. Lacrosse Assistant Police Chief Rob Abraham will come back with more on your calls and comments. I know some of you calling in right now. We'll get to your calls. 608-785-7914. Lacrosse Talk, PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. It's that time of year. Project time. Maybe for telecom. We're your connection. Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM, I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914. I know, right? 785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Call in or text in either way you get in on the phones uh, using the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch, at 1410wyzm.com. Facebook Live, for those of you who would like to watch all of this happen, just as a warning, and I like to give this warning every now and then, it's dangerous. I wouldn't, if you are of faint of heart, I would recommend strongly against it because all sorts of awful, terrible things can happen inside the studio that are not for uh, those who are sensitive in any kind of way. Just, uh, just as a fair warning, just be beware. All right, Lacrosse Assistant Police Chief Rob Abraham is in the studio. If you'd like to... Uh, Join us here on the air, answering your questions and mine. We actually do have a question from uh, Eric from Sparta is on the phone. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. Um, I'm glad I had a chance to talk to you, Chief Aber. Thanks for calling. Um, but as I read the lacrosse tribune every day about the crimes going on in lacrosse, the majority of them seem like it's all methamphetamines. Methamphetamines. There's nothing else. More than that, as far as I can see, but I would appreciate your comment on that, what you, your opinions on that, or, and what the cross police department want to do about that. Okay, thanks. thanks. I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Um, I, well, it's not all methamphetamine, but your thoughts? Well, meth is a huge issue. Sure. You know, when we, and this isn't something new, you know, this, this came about a few years ago when we noticed that our meth arrests outpaced marijuana arrest yeah. that was alarming and startling um you know so we do see it all the time on the street the one thing about meth is possessing even a tiny bit is a felony so when when you know there's stories about all the felony arrests that that lacrosse county is making that's one of the reasons because there there is a lot of bit a lot of meth out there and possessing even any amount of it is a felony um, you know, we had some pretty substantial cases, um, one of them coming out of a, a motel here where a female Asian was mm-hmm. dealing large, large quantities of meth. Um, and uh, to my surprise, she's already, uh, I believe, back out on the street. Um, Wait, the one with the kid in uh, the in the, oh, the motel room? The that, hotel? That is, that is the information really? that I believe. Um, I mean, that was mountains of meth. That was that was probably the largest um, meth bust that we've had in the city of Lacrosse. Uh, okay, or I mean, she's not like she's waiting for trial or something, right? That's not just no. Uh, I'm I'm I got a message out right now. Okay. And I'm trying All to right. find out, but the information that I thought I heard was that she had already, quote unquote, did her time. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully we can get some clarification on that. But I, I just. That was like that was a major meth bust. That was a that was a, a meth. That was a that was a whole 
giant racketeering thing that was that was uh, an outpost from the Twin Cities uh, in this uh, hotel yeah. room in La Crosse with a child involved. I might have her mixed up with a, with a different right. case here because right. you know, I didn't. Um, but I can I can say that um, that meth is is a big problem. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's, it's scary because when you look at the ingredients that are in meth, um, <laughs> why you would want to? Uh, uh, no. no rationale. That's crazy. I remember, you know, in a so we go back a couple of states attorney generals um, back. Peg Lautenschlager was attorney general at the time when uh, pseudofedrin was taken off the shelves, right? That's if, if I remember correctly. And the idea was we got all these backyard meth labs and let's take this key ingredient off the shelf. That way we're not going to be able to make it or they won't be able to make it. There was actually a lull in in meth production, but then the meth importation kind of ramped up. Am I right about that? Yes. Um you know, the Mexican tar- cartels took advantage of the United States really putting the clamps down mm. and that they saw that market. And, you know, y- you see just huge quantities. The arrests that um, some of the law enforcement agencies are making with the quantities of meth that are coming in is, is just startling. Um, and so what what we're missing, what's getting through, obviously, is probably 10 times. Well, I, I just is it is it just because there's such a kind of like fentanyl is such a high profit margin and so addictive. Is that kind of the problem? Yes. You know, I mean, you don't, and that's the, you know, one of the differences between heroin and fentanyl yeah. is the fact that you you have to, as a dealer, you don't have to deal in such large quantities or amounts of fentanyl to get mm. the same yeah. or better profit. Mm. So uh, that's why fentanyl has really come on strong. All right. Well, uh, uh, Lacrosse Assistant Police Chief Rob Abrahams in the studio. If you have questions or comments, uh, give us a call. Send us a message, 608-785-7914 on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. You can also message on Facebook. In fact, Clyde, I just want to suggest this. We're going to have we're going to do a side-to-side comparison here shortly. Clyde says, uh, hi, Assistant Chief Abraham. You kind of look like a thin, thin clean-cut Rick, kind of. Haven't seen Rick since they moved him out of the frame. Honest, I intend that as a compliment. Thank you. Okay. So at some point during uh, this hour, we're going to do a side-by-side comparison to see just how much. Uh, that's great. How much uh, lacrosse assistant police chief Rob Abraham, Abraham looks like Rick. We'll do that coming up. In the meantime, we've got um, uh, Dave, right? Hold on. Yeah. I'm getting there. Dave on a seatbelt question. All right, let's go there. Let you put your headphones on there. Dave, you're on the air. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yes, I got I got a question. I deliver out to the UWO quite often, and most of the maintenance vehicles that leave their building down there, none of those guys ever wear their seatbelts. I was just wondering if there's an exemption for those state employees because they're driving up and down East Avenue and Lacrosse Street, and I just I've noticed that a, cu- a couple times. I was going to call in when you were on, and I thought, oh, I got a little while today. I'm going to give you a call quick. Um. What, so they're on city streets and state highways? They're not on the yep. campus itself? Yeah. Are they in the, those little nope, tiny, they're, they're, those little vehicles? Yeah, they're in their little maintenance vehicle, their the, little vans. The little ones, brand though, brand-new right? vans that the, the state bought them. And, yeah, they're driving up and down East Avenue and Lacrosse Street, and I'm going, if they get in an accident, they're state employees, yeah. so we're paying for them as state taxpayers. And that one day I got there just after lunch, and I met probably 13, 14 of them coming out of there, and it's like three-quarters of them weren't wearing their seatbelts. Hmm. All right, I... Wow, that's, I don't, I don't, and they have these uh, vehicles, they have these little tiny little trucks and vans that are not, you're not supposed to, they're not 
highway worthy. I don't know what the term for that is. Oh, I think it's the these, ones you're talking these about. All, these yeah, all have license Austin plates on them, though. Yeah. Okay. Those aren't the Gators and the SUV or the UTVs and stuff. Yeah. These are these are vans and stuff they can drive in this with license plates. All right. I, and this is a good question. I appreciate the call, Dave. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, what what is do you, do you have any idea about this? Well, those vehicles are unusual. They're yeah. they're really small vans. So if they don't have a seatbelt in them, then obviously. Then they they can't they don't they can't wear one and, and they're exempt. There is another part of the statute that talks an exemption if you're making so many stops within so many miles. Okay. So for example, a newspaper carrier who gets out constantly, they are they are under that exemption. So it's you have to look at the exemptions in there. Law enforcement is exempt. However, I in the, in we even though it's exempt, we still have policies within the police department. Yeah. Like you will wear your seatbelt mm-hmm. um, unless there's some some drastic extenuating circumstances. But I would have to believe that the state uh, system, the UW system, would also likely have policies, even if they are exempt, saying wear your seatbelt. The smart move is to wear your seatbelt. <laughs> if you're in a tiny little van, <laughs> I would wear my seatbelt because you know it. Seatbelts are effective. You know, I've 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 been to crashes where I uh, pull up and I'm like, there's no way anyone's walking out of this, yeah. and and the person who's involved in it is standing on the side of the road saying, yeah, that was my car right there. I've also been to crashes where you would think that the person would be fine, but they didn't have their seatbelt on and launched into their windshield and you know seriously seriously injured. So you know, there's no argument that you can convince me of that the seatbelt doesn't work. I've seen it in action too many times. Um, the smart move is to do that, and I would I would guess if I was a betting person that the UW system has a requirement that you wear your seatbelt if it's there. You don't make laws; you enforce them. I'm wondering during this conversation, um, it just popped into my mind that that you know when we went to uh, we went to primary enforcement of seatbelts in Wisconsin. There was a lot of frustrated people, and a lot of people brought up the um, you know the the discrepancy. In, in law, in relation to motorcycles, we're not required to wear a helmet. There's obviously no seat belt on a helmet. Motorcycles can, you know, cruise with impunity on the streets that in, you would think, a hell of a lot more dangerous situations than cars can. Why? Well, just, I, and I know, again, this is not a law enforcement question. It's a policy question, but you've been to the scene of a, probably a bunch of motorcycle crashes, right? Yeah. So what, so... Tell me what what is what are the, what's the thinking there? What do you th- what are your thoughts on that? As far as mandatory helmet law, yeah. well, first off, I do see you on your moped with your helmet. I want to say you look sharp. Thank you. Um, it's and, like silver flames. Yeah. It's like black with silver right. flames. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, you know, I I have a cycle endorsement. I used to ride cycle. There's no way I would ride a motorcycle without a helmet on mm-hmm. because not only do you have to drive for yourself on the cycle you also have to drive for virtually everyone else out there because you will lose the battle between a car or a deer or anything it's just it's just you in the road um so sometimes you see people you know flip-flops and shorts and that's it you know cruising on the road pair of sunglasses and you think oh my god um and if if people do have to wear their seatbelts in cars if that's what the legislator said legislature said because it's a safety issue yeah it would only make sense in my mind that you would wear a helmet on a, or would have to wear a helmet on a, on a motorcycle. I know some states do that. I'm not pushing for it. Please don't call in and and, <laughs> and run me up one side and down the other. Um, I just think Assistant it makes... Assistant Chief calls for mandatory helmet law. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is awesome. Thanks so much for that. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's going to be a great show. Uh, 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, we'll talk about La Crosse Police Department targeting people on motorcycles. Uh, coming up, uh, 785-7914. More to come. Stick around. Hi, you lost? Yes! Medi- I'm Mitch Reynolds, Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM. Uh, thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. And uh, this hour brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. If you'd like to join us here on the air, simple enough to do, just use the Better Hearing Center talk and text line at 608-785-7914. 785-7914, also on Facebook and Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. Lacrosse Assistant Police Chief Rob Abraham in the studio. He stops by once a month or so. We talk about some stuff. Actually, off the air, we were just talking about someone who's just been released from, from prison after doing part of a sentence that she was sentenced to. If you'll recall, and I don't remember, this was, I don't remember when the original arrests were, but this went on for a long time. The whole, the process of arresting and and the court hearings and the trials and all that stuff, that major conspiracy, um, that major meth conspiracy that included a bust of something like 19 people, um, running meth from the cities to lacrosse and we were just talking off the air about kajua vu who is one of those people who was sentenced to five years served one year and nine months has just gotten out of prison right yeah, and yeah. is ready to begin her her life again uh, <laughs> she was all right so and just to clarify this was somebody who was found with tens of thousands of dollars of cash um hundreds of pounds of meth part of this massive trafficking drug meth conspiracy um in an apartment on oakland street in lacrosse was out on bond for dealing meth when she was arrested for, for dealing meth. meth. Yes. And uh, went to prison for five years. No, no, no. And then it's gotten <laughs> out after a year and nine months. Right. That's so, the kind of thing that's must, that it's, it drives your guys insane. It does. You know, um, the drug investigators who worked that case, a huge case, you know, that was probably some of the, the most weight of meth be, moving through this city. Uh, hundreds of pounds, you know, yeah. uh, is what we're we're figuring out, you know, and that's what we know. Um, how much more that we don't know, you know, was sentenced to five years in prison, which you know may have been fair, but then ends up getting out after one year and nine months, you know, and that really just kind of rubs me the wrong way. It rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Um, you know, she had twenty thousand dollars in cash on her. Um, you know, that that's a for-profit drug dealer. Yeah. spewing that crap in our city and then, you know, basically going away for a one year, nine month, you know, vacation. I said some people go on vacation longer than that. Um, and, you know, what, is it, what does that say? You know, you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars and yeah, if I have to go to prison for one year, nine months, not a bad deal. And just to reiterate, a possession, of, of meth, possession of meth is a felony. Yes. You would think that you know, I mean, obviously dealing hundreds of pounds of meth is a bigger felony. You would think that, and this, and to be fair, this is, she's not someone that had been charged with a violent crime, right? She hadn't, she wasn't, no, no, she wasn't even, I don't think she, I don't know if, I don't remember there being talk of nope. possession of a firearm, but she, that wasn't part of this. Nope. Um, but one can make the argument with meth, especially is massively destructive. Oh, it, in terms it of destroys people's lives. Yeah. It, you know, uh, we see so there's between meth and heroin and, and slash fentanyl. You know, I say heroin. It's 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 a combination now of fentanyl. Probably more fentanyl and heroin nowadays. But 
Meth and heroin, that that is really what, when you look at what's turning this city upside down as far as drugs, it's those two things. Mm. They destroy lives. And, you know, you look at someone who is on meth and it's just, it's horrible. Um, so, you know, really those two drugs and, and if there's some sort of tolerance for that in, in the system, it shouldn't be. And in my opinion, you know, it's, it's, they're, it's bad stuff. Mm. It's bad stuff. And to be, to be pushing that kind of weight around, to be making that kind of money off people, uh, to be victimizing this community. You know, when you look at it, people who are addicted to meth, they're the ones um, busting into cars. They're the ones breaking into houses. They're the ones committing these property crimes to supply their habit. So the, how many hundreds of victims are there out there in the city because of this? And yeah, it's just it just seems like a slap in the face when you serve... When that, when a person like that who's moving that kind of drugs um, gets one year, nine months, and it's back out. Lacrosse Assistant Police Chief Rob Abraham on Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. If you'd like to give us a call, 608-785-7914, also on Facebook and Twitter. And you could send me an email, Mitch at 1410WIZM.com. We are yet going to, uh, some uh, a listener said that uh, on Facebook said that uh, um, uh, Assistant Chief Rob Abraham looks like a, thin clean cut rick so we're going to do a side-by-side comparison um here before the hour's over so we'll do that so if you're not logged into facebook live yet you might want to do that um i do uh, and somebody asked about the question of marijuana legalization i I don't want to go through that again we and just to be clear why that's a comment on facebook and the reason why we're not we don't need to go through that again but we've answered that for the last two months in a row yes so uh, i think we're done with that I, i do want to ask however um we were talking about motorcycles a little earlier in terms of safety you were talking about helmets, and um, you would not wear ride a motorcycle without a helmet, right? You, you don't ride anymore, do you? I don't. Okay. Well, I don't have I, one. Oh, you don't have one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm curious. I so my I my son is a noted motorcycle gang member. <laughs> evil Knievel. He's a bit of an evil Knievel, and strangely enough, has only gotten one speeding ticket, but. He was stopped for pipes the other day. Um, he has a custom exhaust, and I, I don't know if he got a complaint or it was just too loud. He got a warning. Um, and his question to me was, every, near, not every, nearly every Harley rider on the streets of lacrosse has straight pipes, screaming eagles, something that are technically not legal. No, or, they are illegal. Not, yeah. Let's not... Okay. Technically, anything about it, and he's he was wondering, and I don't, and I know if you can answer this question, but is there is there like a philosophy that those guys we're not going to deal with, but the young dude on the bike, oh no, is no, no. on the crotch rocket or the naked bike is not is going to that guy we got to deal with? Is there something that goes on there? Nope, nope. We do you understand why there would be that perception? Though? Yes. Okay. Um, so basically, if you're going to put straight pipes on your car or on your cycle, you might as well put a sign on it that says, feel free to stop me at any time. <laughs> so we kind of actually like that. And normally what we'll do is we'll wait until we think that you're probably intoxicated or yep. whatever. And then your stupid, loud straight pipes will get you rung up for OWI. So they are annoying. They are obnoxious. Um, we get complaints about it. They're illegal. Uh, you know, when, when, when someone is, is in their bed and they want to have the windows open because it's a, finally a nice, cool night, and then you can hear a motorcycle driving for four miles through the city, that, you know, your right to 
loud pipes save lives doesn't shouldn't infringe upon everyone else's right to have a peaceful evening. Um, so if you put if you spend all that money for that, you know what you're doing is illegal. You should expect to get a ticket, uh, and that's really all I have to say. So on be that. grateful if you get a warning. Essentially, absolutely. Okay, all right. I mean, you could sit uh, right out here. Our our studios on Second and State. If you could stand like at Third and State, you could sit there and and write daily tickets, hourly tickets in the summertime, because dudes lay on the throttle. Right there, going north on Third Street, mm-hmm. and they've and every single one of them has yeah. got straight pipes. Yeah, um, I have. We have looked at technology um, regarding that. Um, you know, it'd be interesting. There's there's things called uh, road snare and stuff like that. So it, it checks the decibels sure. as you drive by, does the picture, sends the information. So those are those are interesting things that you know possibly down the road to help alleviate those issues. Um, so we'll see. Note to self, change my exhaust. Get the um, exhaust changed on that moped. <laughs> uh, you have told me in the past, though, that you've, you've told guys that have bikes that they can't, your guys, that they, they, they cannot ride around with, right? You have, you've laid down the law, oh, as absolutely. it were, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center, talk and text line. Number three is on the line. Oh, uh, you want to put your headphones on? Hold on just a minute. All right, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Careful riding your little mini bike now yeah, because right. Rob will get after you. He would. He would. Yep. Anyway, Mr. Abraham, I'd like to compliment you on the new SUVs you're driving around in. Okay. They, uh, I think that's the best thing you ever done when you got them so they don't know. They Everybody knows the black and white, right? That's right. Right. And I, I see quite a few of them driving around, and uh, I think that's the best thing you ever done. Oh. Thank you. Well, um, I, I I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. I know that at the time there were limited choices. There were, yeah. uh, and actually Ford is limiting the choice even further next what? next year. They have have eliminated the sedan. They are only selling the SUV. Oh, um, so about eighty five percent of the market is SUV in mm-hmm. law enforcement, mm-hmm. just because you know they offer more room, more leg room, um, more prisoner area, so it's more comfortable for for the prisoner for the officer, um, and Apparently, Ford has said we are not selling uh, the sedan next year. Hmm. All right. Uh, if you have a comment or question, give us a call, 608 785 We'll come right back. More to come right here on Lacrosse Talk BM. This is where pressing issues of the day... Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM. I'm Reynolds. Thanks for coming here and listening to us or not being here because you're probably not. In fact, if you're not one of the three people in the studio right now, there are three people in the studio right now. One of them is Lacrosse Assistant Police Chief Rob Abraham, who comes here once a month. We talk to him about police issues. Uh, there's me, and then there's Rick, who we try never to allow on camera because he is, well, Rick. So uh, we had a listener who suggested that uh, Rob Abraham is a slim or a thin, clean-cut version of Rick. So for those of you watching Facebook Live right now, I mean, there, there are not dissimilarities there. Bra- brownish, vaguely brown-colored hair and eyes. All right, thank you, Rick. Look at all the hair I have on the top of my head, though. Yeah, you've got more hair on the top yeah, of your head. Every day. <laughs> every day. 
Some similarities. We'll go similarities on that one. Not a spitting image, no doubt about it. Um, I have, I have a listener here that said that they had fentanyl in the hospital. Yes, they did. And do. a very bad... Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. Um, How is that? Is that prescribed just as a painkiller? I believe it's prescribed... Um, like, when they knock you out yeah. for um, having your wisdom teeth removed. Sure. When they knock you out for getting colonoscopy, things of that nature, yeah, they, they do prescribe fentanyl and use fentanyl. I don't think they need to do that. I think I'm, I think I'm down on that. I th- I'd say no to that. I'd say I, I'm, I'm adamantly opposed to opioid use. <laughs> so the fentanyl thing just goes a little bit farther than, than all that. Don't, when the doctor says, here, take these, don't take those. Ibuprofen will do just fine. I do want to ask, and this is not, again, this is n- less from a policy perspective and more from just a logistical perspective. We've had these conversations ongoing in the city of La Crosse for years, and now we're getting really intense about roads. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a, a proposal for wheel tax coming. Mm-hmm. It, do you find, you guys log, what, 50 a year on a car? Is that, on a squad, is that about right? Or not? Is that, am yeah, I too, well, too much? I think uh, 35. 35, all right, yeah. 35,000 miles a year. It, do you think there's a significant impact that from um you know be, from the the quality of the or the state of the roads on suspension handling anything in the in the squad cars cuz i mean you don't take it easy on them yeah. I've seen guys drive yeah uh well i can tell you that I, I believe one of our parking jeeps blew a tire on lacrosse street uh after they hit a pothole so when we say we can feel your pain we really can <laughs> uh you know that i mean those vehicles, you know, see basically 24, 24, 7 through 65 use. So when, when, you're, when you're on some of those really bad roads, you know, it, it does bang around. There's a lot of equipment in the vehicles, too, so it really rattles that stuff around, too. Does it affect, from the standpoint of, I don't know, I mean, you don't engage in a lot of pursuits, but in terms of pursuit or needing to get somewhere fast in the city, does it impact that at all? Or are there, are there streets... You that guys don't go down because or when they're when they're you know when they've got to get somewhere fast are the streets they don't use because they're not not stable. Is it, I don't think. I mean, it, we keep yeah. talking about how bad the streets are, but let's talk. Let's, I mean, let's get real here. Is it is it really that bad? Yeah, I, I'm Lacrosse Street just comes to mind. I mean that 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 street is pretty bad. Is beat yeah. up. Um, I don't know how the state thinks that 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 road is acceptable. <laughs> I guess, you know, I mean, when, when I'm driving on that street, I'm kind of dodging and dipping and turning and stuff like that. It could be an issue. You know, I mean, if you're operating a high rate of speed, hitting big potholes yeah. can be a safety factor. Um, but also, it does slow people down. Sure. Yeah, nice, smooth roads yeah. uh, increase the speed, too. All right. So, I mean, you're making an argument for speed bumps and potholes <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, they're essentially. like, there's speed bumps all over the place. Do you, Are there ever, you know, what's, what's the uh, street on the south side? Is it what? What is that? Yeah, there's more than one, so what? I don't know. Okay, so the one, um, the one behind um... East Ave. Yeah, all right. So East Ave with the speed bumps. Are there? Do you ever have? I mean, does anybody ever get hung up on those? I've never heard anybody getting hung up. I actually, I'd, I thought someone in a Corvette either complained that they wouldn't be able to do it because their vehicle sits so low. Yeah. 
Um, but normally those, I think they're called tables, uh, speed tables. Yeah, speed tables. Because um, they're, they're, flat, they're flat on the top. They are designed um, for all vehicles to get over. You know, it, but that does slow response time down. You know, those fire rigs, they won't be able to, to go high speed over those. But, it, you know, they have a purpose and they work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is that... I for places where we do have pro- other problem other places in the city where there's sometimes often issues with speed do you would you ever recommend those uses of those I th- I think uh, 33rd Street either has I think they do, yeah. speed tables so there are some streets in the city where they've used it you, um, you know roundabouts are also um, used for those purposes you know, normally if they want to slow speed down they'll narrow a street put bump outs there's a lot of engineering things that they can do besides um that can that can just really kind of slow people down from a engineering aspect i'm just wondering because we're talking about you know pursuit and speeding and all that kind of stuff do you i I get asked this question sometimes Do, do police actually still do speed enforcement on a regular basis you guys do a lot of stuff with you know people breaking probation, you know, yes. parole and stuff yep. like that. Yep. Do you, does it leave you time to do speed enforcement and, and basic traffic enforcement? You know, one of the complaints that we get a lot is speeding, speeding in my neighborhood, yeah. speeding here, speeding there. We have to, we have to do everything. You know, some people say, well, you know, why don't you go do real police work? Why don't you go arrest a drug dealer? Why are you writing me a speeding ticket? Yes, we do do speed enforcement. Every Every squad car is equipped with uh, what's called moving radar. So as the squad car is moving, mm-hmm. they can get speed of vehicles coming at them, going away from them. And we equip the, the cars with dual antennas so they can get you coming up from behind them or going away from them uh, as well. So there's four directions that the car can can actually capture a speed on. So Should that, you be telling people this right now? That's not okay. a secret. I, okay, I, I, would, right. I would prefer that everybody stay within the speed limit, give or take a couple miles an hour. Um, you know, the, I think the officer's tolerance is a very fair tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do get a speeding ticket, it's not because you were going a couple miles over the speed limit, that, and that only seems fair and reasonable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we traffic enforcement is about you know slowing people down and preventing traffic crashes. If you look at you know, the dollars lost in the, just the city of La Crosse alone, millions of dollars every year due to traffic crashes. The number one and contributor for craft traffic crashes is, is likely speed, hmm. uh, inattentive driving or alcohol related. Mm-hmm. So we focus on those things, um, to help, you know, bring those crash rates down. Drunk people driving fast and texting tend to be the worst. Yes. They are just absolutely the worst. I appreciate you coming in. Thanks so much. Thank you for having. We'll uh, we'll do this again. Um, I think, depending on how the reviews go, you know, that kind of thing. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Lacrosse Assistant Police Chief Ape, Rob Abraham. If you'd like to uh, join us here on the air, another hour to come. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. More to come. Stick around. Lacrosse Talk PM and WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. And uh, this hour brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery in Lacrosse. Pearl Street Brewery, great people making exceptional beer, keeping me happy just about every single day. Find out what they're up to, just download the free app. Pearl Street Brewery in Lacrosse. 608 785 7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. 
Call in or text in either way. You get in on the phone, 608-785-7914. Be a part of the show. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch at 1410wizm.com. Uh, Facebook Live, for those of you. That will be there later, so you can uh, determine for yourself. Um so you can determine for yourself whether lacrosse assistant police chief Rob Abraham looks like Rick or Rick looks like Rob Abraham. We did have a side-by-side comparison here just a little while ago. So we will, uh, you can, I can't bring that back, but you can, I think you can look at it later or something. I don't know how that works, frankly. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll figure that out. I do have a, uh, I do have a apology, I guess. I do have an apology that I have to issue uh, in the wake of some comments I made about uh, fentanyl out of ignorance, as it turns out. So I will do that. I know. I don't apologize very often. I'm going to. See, I can grow. I can learn. That's something. At least I got that going for me. Uh, I was, it, was, uh, it was interesting talking to Rob Abraham about... Um, about the seatbelts and motorcycles and helmets and, and exhaust, especially when we got to the part about motorcycle exhaust. And um, you, it just, because it's, it's, we hear this complaint all the time from people who are not motorcycles, motorcyclists, motorcycle enthusiasts, not Harley, let's just say not Harley riders, because those of you who are riding Harleys, well, I mean, other big bikes as well, but those who ride Harleys are Usually the ones that are mostly guilty of this riding on with your illegal pipes. And what is the thing? One of the things he said, what was it? He said, your uh, loud pipes save lives does not trump the right of people to live in peace and quiet or something like that. He had something to say that was much more clever than that, but it was, it was pretty funny. All right, so 608-785-7914, if you'd like to join us here on the air, we've got, uh, let's see, a anticipated low of 66 tonight with the possibility of some scattered thunderstorms and some fog out there. Remember in the morning, should there be, well, there probably will be fog. Remember in the morning to turn your lights on. It's just, it's, it's frustrating when you don't. And potentially dangerous. 89 degrees right now. Lacrosse Talk, PM and Wisdom. More to come. Stick around. Good evening for wisdomnews.com. I'm Drew Kelly. Karen Becker with Catholic Charity. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. This hour brought to you by, um, by Pearl Street Brewery and Lacrosse. 608-785-7914-785-7914. We had a listener who on Facebook chimed in when Lacrosse Assistant Police Chief Rob Abraham was here last hour and said uh, that he thought uh, Rob Abraham looked like a thin, clean-cut Rick. What do you think, Rick? When you look in the, uh, when you, do you think that there are similarities there, Rick? There we go. Sorry. So Try I don't to... know if he's that thin, yeah. Abraham. All them donuts. Pretty thin. Pretty well, thin that's guy. all he does is work out, right? When he you're did... the assistant chief, I, I think he's. I think he's a. He is a. He works out all the time. I think he works out all the time. And then when he's not working out, he just walks up and down downtown giving parking tickets. 
So he's always right. on the move. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think that they have they have um, nothing similar in their features. Let me just put it that way. But they both, both have, have facial hair. They both have facial hair. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I I didn't. But thanks. It was fun. It's fun to see that. I do. We also have another listener who chimed in. What I said last hour, and we were talking about fentanyl drugs, you know, methamphetamine and heroin and fentanyl and everything else. And um, I guess I was not aware that fentanyl was used in hospitals. Color me ignorant. I guess that's just my own level of trying to avoid hospitals as much as possible because those are just the places where bad things happen. Uh, so I was not aware of that. And, uh, I did have a listener who said this, if everyone, if everyone could just say no to fentanyl, obviously that would be best, but there is a place for that drug. My two-year-old was on ECMO for two weeks. Okay. ECMO, by the way, I looked that up. Extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, which sounds pretty complex. My two-year-old was on ECMO for two weeks and was on fentanyl. The doctors tried other drugs, but fentanyl was needed to keep her down and safe so the ECMO would work. It took us six months to wean her off of it, but please don't be so closed-minded about this fact. There's a need for that drug and it has saved lives when used correctly. Point taken. And I appreciate you educating me on that, and I apologize for my ignorance. Uh, I personally have refused opioids in the hospital, that doesn't mean you should as well, necessarily, although I highly recommend it. However, in a situation like that, obviously, it's kind of dumb of me to say, no, don't use a fentanyl, because clearly it has a place, and I apologize. I'm sure when they first started using morphine on the battlefield, that dudes were more than happy that there was more than just, here, bite this belt while we cut off your leg. I'm relatively certain that that was true. So, yeah. Mea culpa. My bad. Sorry. Absolutely right. I was absolutely wrong with that one. Um... Chris on Facebook said, how do you submit a review of this segment with the assistant police chief as a new lacrosse resident? Very interesting having him on. Issues have new meaning now. I am a resident, very well-spoken representative of the PD. Definitely should have him back. Wow. All right. I mean, once a month is good, though. We don't need to have, we don't need to go overboard, right? Well, we always, when he leaves, we always have more questions for him. We're like, damn. I do, dude. I do. Yeah, we actually, Trish on Facebook just asked whether we should, uh, people should wear, have, use their flashers during fog. So that's a question. That's a police question. Although I would just say, no, just turn your damn lights on. That's good enough. That's all you do. Slow down to a reasonable speed. Turn your lights on. Yeah, sometimes Trish, we have like, questions that, that we don't need to ask the assistant police chief. No, that's one that's, seat belts that's like a regular flashers. one. Yeah, the seatbelt question, eh, I don't know. The flashers, probably not. Yeah, that's just a turn your lights on kind of question. I think we need to have, if we were going to do it, we need to have like one time where we ask him questions, another time where he just comes in and tells crazy stories. Because he has to have crazy stories. Oh man, he has been involved with some nuts. You know, when I, back years ago, I went to the Citizens Police Academy in La Crosse, 
And one of the things that we, that they showed us on film was, um, well, I don't remember exactly. There was audio and video to it, but it was in, it was a part of a police chase where, uh, and I super, uh, Rob was the supervisor. I, what was that maybe called the, uh, the, uh, the guy in command shift commander. There we go. He was the shift commander during this high-speed chase of a motorcycle on the north side. And um, it was, it was a, it turned into a flaming ball of motorcycle that dude was going, you know, he was doing 120 or something like that and wound up just in a pile of rubble that was bursting into flames. And he was the guy that had called off the pursuit. Um, and it was, it was kind of this whole, uh, tutorial on the, on the process of how they engage in pursuit and how they call off a pursuit and, and the reasons for it. But that was really compelling. And you know that anybody who's been on the police force for any length of time, who spent any time on the street has some stories. And he was also the sniper for the ERT for a number of years as well. So, you know, you know, there's some stories. I don't know if, I don't know if cops really tell those stories though. No, that's the problem. Yeah. You can't have, he'll never tell those stories. Yeah. Not unless you're probably sitting in a bar and not being a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about that time. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That was before, uh, before cameras, pre-camera days when you just kind of nodded your head in agreement with whatever they were telling you. All right, 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. Interesting, uh, speaking of questions and answers, as you heard earlier this month, we had uh, lacrosse mayor Tim Cabot on. That's when he announced uh, plans for this wheel tax that now is uh, a little catching fire now uh, because he has announced plans to actually propose that next month as legislation. Uh, so the mayor... Today, just a little while ago, as a matter of fact, felt the need to answer questions himself in relation to the wheel tax because there's been a number of of questions that he's been asked about the wheel tax and a number of complaints. This is one of those that is really getting a lot of attention. It's, you know, like moving the lacrosse player statue, which is going to cost like $200,000 or something. Moving the lacrosse player statue and the wheel tax. I don't know which one is more interesting, but uh, the wheel tax is. Um... So anyway, so he's, he's got a number of answers to the questions and uh, uh, to in relation to the wheel tax. Um, one of the things he says, so, uh, and the, the key number, the big questions are the one about fairness. Because people in lacrosse are the only ones paying it. There's 41,000 cars thereabouts that are eligible to be taxed under the wheel tax, it's $25 per car or truck. So it's trucks under 8,000 pounds of cars, and there's a bunch of different categories. There are some exemptions to that, and those don't, aren't on, in that 41,000 number. So it's 41,000, 25 bucks a car. That's about a million dollars a year. Uh, one of the things that he says is that I strongly agree with the idea that any proposed wheel tax should apply to people who work and drive in the city, but are non-residents. I also agree that the tax should apply to large trucks because of their wear and tear on our streets. Guess that's the other thing that we've gotten a lot of. 
Unfortunately, state law does not allow for these ideas. I wish it did because the wheel tax would make more sense. So he's acknowledging what many of you pointed out, that a wheel tax is inherently unfair to a certain extent because it only applies to the people living within the city of La Crosse, not the 30,000 people who commute to the city of La Crosse on a daily basis to work. He's absolutely agreeing with that, but he's completely correct in saying that that uh, there is nothing in state law that allows anything beyond the taxation of residents within the municipality and or county, whatever system of government it is. And so it can only be people within the city of La Crosse. There's been other questions, by the way, some of them, and, and these are simple ones. Um, you know, in terms of the sunset clause, I, I, th- I think it's worthwhile to be skeptical of a future, you know, five years from now, where you've got city council members agreeing to sunset a tax. You should be skeptical of that. There's a really horrid track record. Maybe it won't be this council because a lot of them are going to be gone. But a future city council saying, yeah, you're right. It's time. We're done with it. I absolutely agree that that is, that's kind of a shot in the dark. Uh, the other big one that's come up is um, the, uh, the it, using it as a slush fund. State law that regulates the wheel tax mandates that you can use it for one thing and one thing only, transportation. Now, I, I, I'd have to look into exactly the details what sort of transportation. I don't think you can make like all bike lanes. I mean, you know, maybe you can. Maybe you can use that million dollars and just make bike lanes. Like a bike bridge, bike and pedestrian bridge, walk, sidewalks everywhere, something like that. I don't think that's the case. But you can't use it as a slush fund. You can't dip into it to get a fire truck or to fund a, a, a you know a, a new position in the city planning office. You can't do any of that. It has to be used for transportation. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Let's see. He does say, uh, oh yeah, in relation to other taxes, cities are prohibited by state law from enacting a sales tax or a local income tax. Also true. We're also limited in collecting any payment for services from tax-exempt properties. Uh, so those things are not available to lacrosse. Those, a lot of people have recommended those uh types of things to repair more streets. But I was talking to a prominent business owner today who was in the building who said, you know what? I don't mind this wheel tax. I don't mind this wheel tax. I don't like the county wheel tax. I don't like the Pratt tax. It's garbage. Pratt tax is junk. The county wheel tax is junk. I don't mind the city wheel tax. However, my preference Again, a prominent business owner here on La Crosse said, my preference is for the city to be more judicious about the money they spend. Because if they made better choices and how they spend money, there wouldn't need to be another tax to fund road repairs. At which point, everybody says, yeah, like that pool. <laughs> right? Right? I don't know how many times in relation to this wheel tax issue, I've heard, 
What about the pool? What about Memorial Pool? 608-785-7914. More to come. Stick around. Your voice matters on Lacrosse Talk PM. So call now and share. I'm Mitch Reynolds, Lacrosse Talk PM, WYZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. This hour brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery and Lacrosse. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Call in or text in either way you get in on the program. 608-785-7914. Uh, we were addressing some of the issues in related relation to the, uh, the wheel tax in the city of Lacrosse. It has sparked some interest, that's for sure. Um, I we had a conversation with the Chamber of Commerce Executive Director, Vicki Markison, about the wheel tax today. We'll talk about that. Uh, in the meantime, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Jim Dandy. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. Hi, Mitch. How you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm doing well, sir. Thanks so much. Great. Uh, Mitch, you know, a while back, people were complaining about the cameras downtown and different cameras and them being on camera. Sure. Well, today, I wish there would have been a camera out at Baracho's or in that in that little mini mall out by uh, Culver's in Alaska. Sure. My granddaughter went there to Jimmy John's for lunch today, her and my daughter. And my granddaughter just bought a new car, 2015 Buick Encore, pretty baby blue, and some idiot scraped the whole side of her car. Must have been when they were leaving or coming in. I don't know. She just noticed it at home, and that was the place she went from there to here. And this girl's going to school and working to make payments and insurance on this car so she has something nice, and some idiot goes out and ruins it. Now, nobody should complain about cameras watching everything we do, because in a situation like this, I wish they'd have been watching every move somebody was making, because maybe we'd catch those bums. Hey, you know, can, inconsiderate bums. All right, get, I, and I hear you. I, I don't know, and maybe this is already, I'm, I'm trying to think what else is out there, but do you know that there aren't? Are you certain that there aren't any cameras out there? I mean, not not public I, cameras, but but private business cameras, because oftentimes. I, go ahead. Yeah, I called every store in that mall, right. and not one has a visual outside camera. They've okay. got them in their stores, right. but nothing outside showing the parking lot. My next alternative might be to call TGI Fridays or Culvers to see if maybe they picked up something, you know, in a distance, but. It, it's a slim to none chance because, you know, the parking lots are quite a ways away from there. Yeah, it would be um, unusual. Yeah, I mean, uh, really, the only uh, thing, uh, and I don't, I mean, I'm just, I'm not I'm not an investigator here, but the thing that you could put together is that you, if you have someone that is parked there at that time and you could identify the, you know, maybe the type of car that somebody might remember who was in that car or somebody in the store might remember something about somebody you know, there at the time, I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can put it together. It may not be worth it. How bad yeah. is it? Well, it's a big scrape all the way down the side of the car, yeah. all the way down. It's like from, from the front fender back, and wow. and that tells me it's probably a couple thousand dollars damage because it's it's scraped right into the metal. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, it's not cheap to fix some cars, especially to match up the paint. It's time-consuming yeah. and, yeah. and whatnot. So I'm, I'm going to guess $1,500, $2,000 damage. Wow. You know what? It's going to come out of our pocket. Yeah, no, that's, that is, that's unfortunate. Sad. No, it is. It's terrible. So, I have, you know, I've been through that before, and it's just it's the most frustrating yeah. thing. You know, I know exactly well, what you mean. 
Yeah. That's all for those cameras. And as far as that wheel tax, I'm kind of for it if it's going to go to everybody, benefit every, you know, it's going to benefit us if it, the money really goes for the cause. Yeah. If they're just going to charge us something to charge us and then figure out, oh, we're going to put it for this and put it for that, well, then I don't want it because they're just going to, you know, blow smoke up our butts like they have the past how many years and tell us, well, we're going to need it for this. And they never use it for that anyway, so... You know, it's all if it's going to go for the cause, Mitch. All right. Well, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Um, if you'd like to join us in the air, 608-785-7914. Eric is on. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. I remember years ago in Sparta, where I live, they uh, needed to update the sewer plant, and they must have major uh, tax increase that will be sunsetted when the debt was retired. But then all come along, well, we need this money to maintain this thing. Then there was a county sales tax, half a percent county sales tax, and they said, well, if you decide you don't need this after the first year, you can rescind it. And guess what happened? Every county department raised their estimates about the amount of money they needed. That never went away. Okay, so you're saying once you approve a tax, it never goes away. No. In five years, yeah. when that comes to, when the mayor's not there anymore, I believe your mayor means well. But what I'm saying to you is this. The, the new city council, everything, we must simply continue this to keep our roads rate. Deny this road tax, period. Uh, 608-785-7914 if you'd like to join us here on the air. i got a question from a listener online on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line and wants to know if the collector's cars with the collector plates have to pay the road tax. I, I believe those are exempt. There's a whole list of exemptions for road tax. And I believe that's one of them. Um, somebody asked me about motorcycles. I, I don't I don't know. I don't think that motorcycles pay a road a wheel tax. Yeah, I I don't think they do. I mean, I was looking at that last night, but I don't re- I, I don't remember honestly. Very few. I mean, it's just a. F- it's it's trucks, but not big trucks. Uh, and not dual purpose farm trucks. Uh, so light trucks. Uh, so anything. It's uh, trucks under eight thousand pounds. And there's, there's, you know, so it's not all, it's not all the trucks. Um, yeah. What else? There's uh, some other parts to it. Uh, once again, just to be clear, and uh, the mayor has probably been flooded with questions about this uh, wheel tax uh, since he uh, announced yesterday that that next month is when he'll be proposing uh, new legislation for wheel tax. It's 25 bucks a car. Uh, he appears to have been inundated by questions because he's uh, answering some of them online, essentially, uh, preemptively. No, not preemptively. He's reacting, but doing so on Facebook so that he's trying to get out as much information as possible. Um, but some of the questions that he has answered, the big one is uh, by far the one that I've had the most as well. When we started talking about this wheel tax, the one that I got the most was the fairness, the aspect of fairness. So people in lacrosse would be paying the wheel tax, but... Uh, you know, they're far from the only people who use the roads. Yes, that is true. And Mayor Cabot on his Facebook post in relation to that said, yes, in fact, I agree with that. 
but there's nothing in state law that allows us to collect a wheel tax for cars outside of the city. And um, you can't do a local in- income tax. You can't add to the sales tax. Um, there's no other, in fact, there's no other means other than, well, say no other means, but there's few other means besides a wheel tax. And it's, and you know, it's related to roads. Obviously, if you have a car that's registered, then you are using it to drive on roads, right? That makes sense. So I had a conversation with chamber executive director, Vicki Markerson today. We talked about this. One of the things that she said is that to the extent that this directs that this, this wheel tax, the chamber supports this because of the money that comes from this wheel tax is, goes to the roads that are used the most, and those are the ones in the city of La Crosse. And really, they're the ones that are most important for, for what their interest is, which would be business. So... She said the county wheel tax, on the other hand, would really benefit only the rural areas of the county. So that 56 bucks for your car is going to, you know, somewhere out between Melrose and Mindoro or something, there's a road out there that needs some help. That's what that's going to benefit. And the $25 wheel tax, on the other hand, is going to benefit the roads in the city of La Crosse. So the chamber supports it to that extent. I don't, I don't know if they're going to campaign for it. I don't know if they're going to pull out all the stops and say, call your city councilman because we need this badly. I don't know that yet. But to the extent that this is better than the county wheel tax, they're, they're for it. Somebody asked the, the, another question that's come up. What if the county passes a wheel tax and the city passes a wheel tax? So what well, right now, uh, we don't know that the city of La Crosse is going to have a wheel tax, but it'd be 25 bucks for your car. So in addition to your registration, which is 75 bucks, right? It'd be 25 bucks, hundred bucks. If the county board passes a wheel tax, the one that they propose is $56. That also gets added to that. So your registration would go from being $75. I mean, essentially, right? The annual amount that you pay for your car would go from being $75 to $156. Am I doing the math right? I think I am, aren't I? I think I did that right. <laughs> uh, somehow that doesn't seem like that, that's quite right, but uh, 75, 25, yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that's right. Because I mean, what is it? You know what? So it's that, it's, it's 81, it's $81. The city and the sale. And think about it this way. There is no other place. So the only, the, the, there's only a handful of um, counties and municipalities in the state of Wisconsin that have a wheel tax. Uh, there's a list of maybe, I don't know, 20 municipalities. Only three of those are bigger than the one that's being proposed by the city of La Crosse. If the county of La Crosse passes a wheel tax, that would be almost double the next largest wheel tax in the entire state of Wisconsin. So that means counties like Milwaukee County and Dane County, which currently have higher wheel taxes than what Mayor Tim Cabot's uh, proposing, bigger than, what is it, the city of Milton, which wants like 
thirty bucks or has thirty bucks that people pay for a wheel tax. Yeah, the county of Lacrosse, county board members who have who pushed this idea. What they're pushing is a wheel tax that is nearly double that of the next largest wheel tax in the entire state of Wisconsin. And if you add that to whatever the city would pass, it's, you know, a nearly three times as much. So again, during my conversation with Vicki Markson today, one of the things that she asked was, why is that? Why would that be? Why does La Crosse, one of 72 counties in the state of Wisconsin, why would the county of La Crosse need to be the place that requires the 80, um, what did I say, $81 cumulative wheel tax? Why would La Crosse County have to be the place? Why wouldn't it? Why? Why is it the the place that is that is so bad? Yeah, right? Because it doesn't make sense, does it? There's plenty of places with awful roads. Why would you need to have a wheel tax here that was maybe three times that of, of or close to three times that of the next largest wheel tax in the state? Why would that be? I think it's an excellent question. However, um, I think... With that, with that said, I think that most look at the county wheel tax as, in fact, Mayor Tim Cabot today in a statement released says, I do not agree with the suggestion for a countywide wheel tax because there are very few county highways within the city limits. And even though the city makes up 40% of the county's population, we would not see any benefit from a county wheel tax. At least with a city wheel tax, city residents will see 100% of the benefits. And, I mean, they're, that's true. That is definitely um, it's definitely part of it. So, my conversation with Vicki Markson, you can read more about that on our website, wisdomnews.com. Uh, you can have that sent to your email directly, by the way, daily, our Wisdom Insider, uh, brought to you by Wafer. You can sign up uh, for that. Just go to our website at wisdomnews.com, sign up and get the emails, the, the biggest headlines daily sent to your email inbox. Again, Wisdom Insider brought to you by Wafer. Uh, let's see. This listener says, why should city residents have to cover wheel taxes? 90% of the cars are from different area. Um, yes, I answered that question. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just agreed, and everybody, I think, would agree with that. But it's not... I don't... Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that's going to make it continue to make this unpopular to some regard. Because it is kind of unfair. But that's that's how state law allows for this wheel tax. Tom's on. Tom, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Well, I have a few opinions on the wheel tax and why they need it. Uh, Trumple County had the same thing come up about four years ago and decided against it. Um, the the road repairs are something that uh, today they're they're bad. Tomorrow they're a little worse. The next day they're a little worse. But when it comes to budget money, uh, they can kind of shift that around and use it in places where 
we got to fix something today. And that's why our roads have kind of slipped farther and farther and farther. And so, and of course, the reason La Crosse needs it more than other areas is because, uh, now I'm going to upset a few people here, but it's the mentality of the, of the board. They spend a lot of money where they probably wouldn't need to, and they just and roads didn't get priorities because it was easy to take it from the roads. And Trumple County had the same scenario; actually, has the same situation. Um, and then, and then there's another agenda uh, there. Uh, there are a lot of people in control of the, the city of La Crosse and La Crosse County and Trumple County who are kind of thinking, hey, let's uh, make the let's let the roads fail because uh, right now Walker has not spent enough money on the roads and we'll use that money somewhere else. We'll tell them that Walker didn't give us enough money and that's a political agenda against Walker. And, and it gets a lot of cooperation there from the road builders, which used to be Walker's friends and now they're really mad at him. So... It, there's just lots of reasons, but basically it was an easy place to get the money, and so now they're way behind, and they're looking for a place to get more money. All right, Tom, look, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. This is Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Dr. Holly Fisher, Optical Fashions. A parent brought her four-year-old son in for the first time, and he was a plus nine, which is a huge prescription, and they had no idea. We're going to make sure that he is seeing exactly what he needs to see so that school's going to go well for him. He's going to have a great start when he gets into kindergarten. Dr. Brenda Wedding. Parents come in saying, my kid gets really close to the TV, or they hold their book really close to their face, or they're using their finger to kind of keep track of where they're reading. Parents say they come home with headaches every day. Well, something's wrong if you're a kid and you have a headache every day. Those can be signs that something's going on and they're having a hard time seeing. If you're worried that your kid might wear glasses later on, start them young, bring them in, get them used to coming to the eye doctor. Give your child a head start in school with a complete eye exam from Dr. Fisher, Dr. Wedig, Dr. Garbrecht, or Dr. Mergenthaler at Optical Fashions. Kids are so smart. They know how to adapt to things. So I always feel like it's just such a great opportunity. I'm Mitch Reynolds. This is Wisdom. Thanks for riding along here this afternoon and this evening. This hour brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery in La Crosse. Appreciate La Crosse Assistant Police Chief Rob Abraham stopping by, having some frank discussion with us on issues of the day. I really appreciate whoever it is who found my water bottle and returned it to the station today. That's what when you etch your name on the bottom of your water bottle, that's what happens. It comes back to you. So thank you, whoever you are, for doing that. <laughs> It was really surprising, and uh, I'm happy. It's my favorite water bottle. Thanks and my love to Anna. We'll talk tomorrow right here on Wisdom. Uh-huh.